the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we can Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome to the We Get Real AF podcast. When we think of wearable technology, we often envision accessories like smartwatches, fitness trackers, or AR glasses. However, this space is quickly evolving to include fashion and apparel. At the forefront of this emerging category is the inventive Billy Whitehouse, CEO of Wearable X, a fashion tech company that brings together design and technology to create better quality of life. Billy, welcome to WeGraph. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's worth it all to have you on. We'd love for you to share your background with our listeners so they can get to know who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Uh, so first and foremost, I'm a designer. Um, I think that truly great design starts with understanding the human experience and, and studying people almost to an anthropological level. Um, and I started Wearable X seven years ago now and we really believe in integrating electronics into apparel so that we can both understand the human body but also enhance and delight the experience and and truly once you start integrating electronics into apparel and pairing it with software you really are building experiences more than anything Uh, so this started way back in 2013 when we started building a product called Funderwear, uh, which was vibrating underpants for couples in long distance relationships. Um, And we really specialized in haptics and haptic integration and how can we possibly make it washable and tumble dryable. And um, we've been on a wild journey of building multiple products with lots of different companies, everyone from Fox Sports to Bud Light. Um, And now we released our own line, uh, which is a yoga line that is called Nadi X. And that's N-A-D-I and then a space and a new word, X, the the letter. Um, And that really means, I mean, Nadi in itself are the channels around the body that are activated when your chakras are aligned. And because we had been specializing in vibration, we, we started to study how different people were responding to vibrational feedback, what it could really do for people, what parts of fitness and wellness did it belong in. Um, and truly, we saw a, you know, a need and a, a benefit in having this paired with a yoga experience, especially because I myself had had, had my own struggle with feeling confident with doing yoga and, and making sure that I you know, wasn't spending too much money going to fitness classes, um, but was able to build something that was something that was very useful for me. So to tell you how it works, um, there is a, a pair of yoga pants that have haptics embedded. In fact, there are 10 haptic motors built into the pants um, and as well as five accelerometers. So we can understand your body's orientation in space and we can provide haptic feedback back on the body to guide you where to focus. And now that's all paired with an app and the app talks you through how to move into each step or each pose step by step. And then it allows you to have an analysis of your pose at the end of each sequence. So either say, congratulations, you made it into the pose, or it'll say, please go back and try again. Um, And we we released that not so long ago. um, And it's been a wonderful, weird experience of integrating electronics and apparel since then. That's so smart. And, you know, there's, you know, um, 
benefits and things that aren't as personal as like going to a studio, right? If you go to a small studio and the classes are, you know, limited to a certain amount, you still get that personal attention, right? But especially in today's world with the COVID-19 and everyone working remotely and trying to exercise from home, um, you missing that instructor coming over and telling you, hey, you know, um, straighten up this way or, you know, release your body that way. Having a program or an app um, or even sensations within your you know, exercise where to tell you, hey, this is what you should be focusing on or let's try that again. It's just so super smart. Can you describe, you speak about this a lot um, in, in your talks, enchanted technology versus dominating technology and what that means? Yeah, I mean, there's a beautiful book written by David Rose and he describes a future which um, he calls enchanted objects. And I, I believe that I was actually talking about this before I read the book, but it just validated everything I'd ever believed in. Um, and it, it really is a version of the future that's a little bit more like um, a Disney film. I like to compare it to Beauty and the Beast, where all of these objects come to life and they have a personality and they have this like enchantment around them in their roles and responsibilities in the house and how they connect with each other. They belong to a bigger ecosystem. Um, and that to me is the version of the future that I'm designing for and that I care about and believe in. I, I see that at the moment we have been totally dominated by the terminal world, the terminal world being the screen-driven world. And that has honestly overtaken our lives. It's overtaken my living room right now <laughs> where I have a standing desk with two screens. And, I mean, it's sort of, it is quite, um, it's just very dominating. And what I would like to see is us, you know, remember that all of these objects we've built have the ability to become intelligent and have the ability to connect with each other and to enchant your life if they're designed with this like beautiful, I would say elegance that technology can bring to, to a product. I like that you say the word elegance. I always use the word um, intuitive, but I like using elegance with that because for me, the optimal technology is one that just automatically integrates with my daily life in a way that isn't intrusive and and comes to play when I need it at that time, um, organically. So um, I like using elegance with that because in order for that to be achieved, there has to be, you know, a fluidity about it. Mm -hmm. What do you hear from your users? Like, are they more aware of certain body parts or muscles or positions or the sense of gravity? I mean, what kind of feedback are you getting? Yeah, I mean, we had to collect data across as many different body shapes as you can imagine. Um, so everything from extra small to extra large, male, female, with the pants twisted the wrong way and on the right way, both to understand what that data looks like. Um, and at that point in time, the feedback that we had was, you know, there are particular poses that are really challenging and that people genuinely want help with. I mean, we're not going to be able to do a handstand for you, but there is a, like a, a true need of like, there are different challenges that you achieve going through different poses. Um, what we see now, and, you know, this comes from our cohort analysis is we're having this really interesting experience of like when people use the software. And obviously that has changed during COVID-19, but before before COVID-19, we were seeing that people used it before 7 a.m. at around 2 p.m. and then again after 7 p.m., which actually meant that we weren't necessarily competing 
with your traditional classes, which tend to be after 7 a.m. At least the majority of them in New York City do. Um, and what we were seeing is that people really wanted this for 20 minutes by themselves on the busy days where they knew they didn't have the chance to rush off and spend an hour or an hour and a half at a studio. And so we were that benefit of, okay, I've only got 20 minutes before my next call. Can I do a quick flow? Can I like move into my body for just that sequence? Um, and that to us was fascinating. It meant that we could target and say, you know, this is what breakfast yoga should be. Um, and this is what evening yoga can be. And we've used different tools to basically build sequences inside the app after understanding how people are using it. How does this feel when it's on your body? Is it comfortable? Is it lightweight? Do you feel the sensors? Explain to us what that actually feels like when you have it on. The, the way the product's built is that you barely feel the technology at all if you're wearing it all day, if you're wearing it on an airplane, if you're wearing it to bed. <laughs> um, I have lived in those pants sometimes like eight and ten hours a day, um, and you honestly feel nothing. It's, it's pretty remarkable, but that's also to do with the, like, the way it's encapsulated, where it's located on the body, how we built it so it stretches. Um, yeah, surprisingly not painful <laughs> or like not noticeable even at all. Um, when the haptics turn on, it's it, obviously the, the way I describe it using um, music as an analogy is actually, it's not dissimilar. I mean, music is vibration and this is just vibration back on the body using different frequencies and intensities and rhythms. Basically, we create different rhythms of how many times each motor spins and when. And is it intonated or is it at the same time? Um, are you trying to get all the tension in one place or are you trying to get them to focus to ground down or lift up? That just changes the intonation sequence that we use. Depending on the pose and what, what you are being asked to focus on, um, we create those different intonations. So um, I, I use strange sounds to describe it, like brum, brum, <laughs> brum, brum, or like tap, 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 to tap, tap, <laughs> to tap, tap, where you can create these different sensations. We, we also encapsulate them in such a way that the, the vibrations transfer across different parts of the body. Um, so the, it's, everything is very much designed specifically of where it sits on the body and why it lives there. So aside from yoga attire, I know that you guys are also designing uh, shirts and apparel for sports teams so that fans can experience what their favorite players are experiencing out on the playing field. Can you talk about that? For sure. So this was a product that we released as, um, there were several one-offs, uh, so they're not currently on the market. Um, but this was the, the first time, the first iteration of this we did with Fox Sports in Australia with a, a group called Foxtel. Um, and it allowed you to feel the different sensations that your favorite team was going through live as you were watching the game. So that's whether you're watching at home and you pre-select, you know, which team you'd like to follow, or that's whether you're in the stadium. Um, and what it would do is replicate things like heartbeat. So like, go, 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 go. Go-go, or adrenaline buildup um, and that would you know elasticate all through your body um, and then there's the opportunity for us to even create chills down the spine for nervousness um, so we we built several versions of this um, and we've tested it out with a few different teams and a few different brands uh, but it's not currently for sale how did you distribute that? You distributed the shirts to a certain amount of uh, fans or how did that work? Because obviously you have to have the technology within the actual apparel itself. Yeah, so we were part of a program. So when you buy Fox Sports' packages, you got the jersey. Got um, it. 
part of that because and then you can imagine that that makes an interesting sales channel for a product like this um so then when you bought the package you got the jersey you could connect through the software that way what an engaging way to to experience a, a football game or a basketball game or whatever that is that you're watching because you take on the role of the the player you know that that's really really interesting i mean the the key for me was that um, the way to create empathy with anything, any experience or the way to create a memory is to hit more than one sense at a time. Um, knowing that visually and audibly we're quite overstimulated, that if you design for other senses, whether it's smell or taste or touch, you're far more likely to create a memorable experience, um, which is why we've always focused on haptics. So, Billy, as you talk about uh, sports fans being able to experience players' experience, you know, what they're actually feeling down on the, the playing field, what about, it makes me think of like dancers and haptic feedback and learning specific dance moves. Do you see your technology being valuable for like leotards or for training dancers? For sure. I mean, the way our platform is scalable is there's the the hardware, which is, I like to call it daisy chains of technology, just because I feel like it's easy to visualize where there's a module that has sensor and two haptic motors, and then a stretchable conductive pathway to another module, to another one, to another one. And you can change the, the lengths of those pathways, and you can change the shape of them and where they fit into the body. So we can really go into any part of the body to either both understand the, the motion and or the pose that you're in and give feedback on it. So 100% it's possible. I mean, pardon me, we have not gone into dance. Um, to be specific, but we are looking at lots of other forms of exercise. Billy, I wanted to ask about your journey as an entrepreneur. You're so innovative, and this is such an innovative technology. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome, and how did you overcome them? Gosh, there's so many challenges. I mean, technically, battery power is always a really fun one of like, where do you put the battery? How do you make it comfortable? How do you make it so it actually is um, easy to use, reachable, has all the right ergonomics? Um, You know, from a from a product design standpoint, that was always something that we've thought a lot about and spent time on and, you know, revised a million times. Um, but when it comes to the more like entrepreneurial journey, it took so much convincing wow. and like that's so much brain power and effort and emphasis, even though, I mean, I knew it was possible. There was, there was such a fight that like, I don't know if that's maybe um, the, the journey for lots of people that so you have to fight to convince people that your ideas are worth it. Um, I just wasn't, I, I, I wasn't used to that at that point. Um, and I, and I did, I'm definitely a fighter and I, and I won. <laughs> hey everybody, Sam McLean here from InPhase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening. What got you interested in technology? Has it always been a big part of your life or is it something new that you discovered? I mean, so it was a, it was a quite an interesting time. I think um, I was working for my mother's business and she runs a design university and I was tasked with you know, figuring out what their five and 10 year plan was and doing both this, you know, very diligent business plan as well as like a, a 
better visualization of like, okay, here are the other options that we have and here are the other business models that we could go down. Um, one of those paths, you know, looked at 3D printing. The other one was mass customization. The other one was just this world of wearables and how does that integrate into both the education that we're providing as well as we need designers who understand data, basically. And um, yeah, as I went more and more down that path, I was sort of deep in research at the time of just uh, you know several companies who were doing really interesting things. And there were companies out there in 2014, even 2013 and 12 doing stuff and they still are, they're still around today. Um, and I, yeah, I sort of figured out eventually when, when my business model didn't necessarily work for an education business, I, I turned it around. I was like, look, I want to do this anyway. Um, and so I, you know, I built some, pretty horrible prototypes of things at the time and you have to do that but I, I'm always mm-hmm. the person who says build first ask questions later and um, yeah and then eventually I was lucky enough that an opportunity basically came to me um, I had had an idea previously which was called knickers and a knot tie them in the right spot and I was going to build that business out with my boyfriend at the time surprise and then that relationship died and <laughs> um, but funnily enough yeah the the directs and the agency have asked, came to me and said, you know, we'd like you to come in and talk to us about some stuff. Like, what do you think of this? And then eventually pitched me a viral campaign. And I was like, yeah, every agency pitches a viral campaign. <laughs> um, but turns out it, it worked. And, you know, I was enthused enough to build it. But honestly, I'd never built anything with technology before then. Um, so they introduced me to the software team. We all worked until the wee hours of the night either you know they had a offshoot of a hardware team we were soldering and sewing until two in the morning um and honestly we laughed so much i mean it was a very funny product also but when you when you laugh so much it's enjoyable and you're building something that you're learning while you're building it you know, why wouldn't you keep going it's a very creative way to live exactly yeah so where do you see your your um, company and your business model going forward what are your hopes and dreams going forward for your business? So we, we license our platform to brands and companies as well as sell our product direct to consumer. Um, really, we're, we're almost an ingredients brand that also has a, a brand attached to us. Um, and that ingredient is this haptic technology that's stretchable and washable and integratable in any kind of textile or object. Um, now, where I see the Nardiex part of our business going is we're really talking about releasing a subscription service. Um, and this, you know, attaches into other parts of your life. So we can understand if you went for a 10 kilometer run today, what yoga poses or stretches you might need to do. Or you, like me, have a bad lower back. And what stretches could you be doing to do something specific for your body at the end of each day? Um, and you can enter in your details in this subscription service and the script, the subscription features inside the software would have tiered versions. Um, and this is all something, you know, we've been doing our deep dive research on to make sure that we build it out properly. Um, and that is, I mean, COVID-19 has slowed a few things down, but that is still uh, very much in the works. So technology is obviously influencing apparel and accessories. What can we expect to see on the horizon, um, you know, five years down the line when it comes to um, technology in this space? I mean, so one thing that we in my community talk about a lot is just soft computing. Um, So instead of us having been like defined by these screens and these hard objects, 
Um, what does it look like when we have everything integrated into a soft surface? Um, and I think that that is happening more and more now, and whether that's touch interfaces into soft surfaces or whether that's ambient computing into all objects, which is this more silent, almost soft approach to like, this isn't, no one's sitting there with a giant camera, you know, looking at you. We all, I personally feel very uncomfortable about that most of the time, but if it's there to, as you said, synonymously tap into your life and turn on and off when needed, um, that to me is a big part of what we're seeing as this ecosystem evolves. Um, where I'm, I would say, the most excited uh, isn't just about quantification. And I think, you know, having focused on haptics always, that was a big part of my journey and still is. But I, I don't think that it's enough to um, just have analytics or understanding. Um, I think it's important to create true habit and change. You need to enhance an experience. Um, and so I think we'll see a foray of different technologies that live in this enhanced life. Um, and I, I mean, if we're going beyond five, 10 years, then, you know, I think enhanced human experience in general will be the, the topic. Let's do the lightning round if you ladies are ready. Yeah. Okay. Lightning round. All right. Yeah. So Billy, first question for you. Finish this sentence. Women are. Tremendous. Agree. <laughs> I think that's awesome. What are three pieces of advice you'd give your younger self? I'll start with like the cliche one. Don't let boys be mean to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Love as often and as hard as possible and um, build things that ask a question and leave you with a memory. Oh, I love that. that. That's a great quote. Yes. That's a really, really great one. We haven't heard that one before. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, what is your f- current favorite application of tech for good? Oh, I mean, I really love, um, you know, how people are pushing all of these um, COVID support mechanisms through so many different platforms. Um, I personally just put some money behind, um, I think it's called something for Frontlines, Food for the Frontlines, um, which isn't necessarily a tech for good platform, but Food for the Frontlines, I think in itself is because it is supporting you know, the front lines with supporting them with food and people can donate to feed people in the front lines, which I, I felt I felt good about doing. It felt like the right thing. Isn't it wonderful all the ways that people are coming up with to use tech uh, to answer even immediate needs like we've seen with COVID-19? I think it's really inspiring. 100%. What issue do you most hope technology will help resolve in the future? Yeah, I mean, I have two strange ones. Um, you know, borderless countries. I hope that technology can play a role in that um, and equality. I hope that there's a equality for all. And I think that, I actually think that there is an opportunity there. Um, let's see how it f- unfolds. What inspires you? Most of the time it's strange things. Like um, when I'm normally sitting at a coffee shop and watching people, um, I'm mostly inspired by observing humans um, so the subway gives me so much joy. Sitting at a coffee shop and watching people walk bar- past gives me a lot of joy. Um, yeah, mo- most of the time it's other humans. What do you wish to learn more about? I'd like to be more involved in some of the machine learning aspects of a lot of businesses. I think there's something really beautiful and intense about what how data can be um, personal, but for the right reasons. 
um, and how it can be, yeah, elegant. Um, I think there's, yeah, I, I think there's more to learn there. 100%. We talk about a lot about um, machine learning and uh, ethics and how that plays a part in a role and the people that are creating it, influencing that um, for the end user. So it's it's very complex. I saw a, a beautiful article creating a, um, like almost an FDA for algorithms or for machine learning um, that I described you know, but the the problem here is, and I have argued this with um, some mentors of mine, is like you can't be a morality police, you know. So like in creating that guideline, it's almost like you can't. If if we restrict people too much, we become, you know, that that overshadowing um, restriction. And I don't. That it's both bad and good, you know. You don't want to stifle creativity yeah. too. So it's a very fine line. It's about, I mean, that's why I think it's so complex. It's a fine line between morality and ethics because they're so intertwined, right? And it's whose morality and whose ethics. Mm-hmm. Describe the future in one word. Optimistic. Yay. Like that. All right. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Blank like a girl. Build. I like that. That's strong. <laughs> Well, Billy, thank you so much for taking time to be with yes. us today and chatting about all the incredibly um, just interesting things you guys are doing in this space. Um, I can't wait to see the other pieces that you come up with um, to help us feel more. Absolutely. Thank you. Tell us uh, how people can get a hold of you. Let us know your social channels. And if people want to learn more about what you're doing, where can they go? On social, we are at WearableX. And that's on Twitter, on an Instagram. Um, our website is wearablex.com. And that's where we sell our product. And in fact, you can learn more about what we do and all of our previous projects as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Yay. Thank you as well. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.